0: Every Sunday morning at 10:30 a.m. in the Delancey Elim Church building at La Banks, Saint Samson in the Channel Islands of Guernsey. To contact us, to find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. I'd like to endorse what uh, Tim's just said there. Um, Mitch, thanks for those choices of songs. They kind of fit in very much with what I feel God wants us to hear this morning and what I'd like to share this morning. Uh, could I have my first thank you? going we'll to talk about a bit horticultural. and going back to my roots. Uh, uh, mulberry trees today. If you want to um, look up uh, 2 Samuel 5, 2 Samuel chapter 5. We, uh, As a house group, right from about January till the summer, we were looking at the, the life of David. We never actually did look at this particular passage and I was reading it a couple of weeks ago. And I got to about Tuesday this week, I thought, Lord, what do you want me to say? And the word mulberry trees came into my head. So uh, I thought, oh yeah, I read that a couple of weeks ago. So uh, here we go, mulberry trees. Oh, actually, it's a bit small up there for me to read. <laughs> okay, now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel and all the Philistines went up to search for David and David heard of it and went down to the strongholds the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-Pezerim and David defeated them there. Now if you look at the beginning of this chapter, um, David becomes king of all Israel. Up to then he'd only been king of Judah. And all Israel get together and, and they make him king. And so um, if you can picture it, you've got the land of Israel you've got, um, well, on, my, on, on your left, you've, you've got the, the Philistines by the Mediterranean Sea, actually where Gaza is today. So you can still, there's still problems today in that same area. And the Philistines looked at Israel and it is a beautiful, fruitful land. And they thought, wow, new king, you know, let, let's conquer him and then we can get all that land. And so we have then this, this, uh, this story here of them coming in, into the valley of Ephraim. Now David was victorious in battle it, it, and all the battles he had before and it, it, it was all right when he was king just of Judah but now he was king of the whole of Israel have you ever noticed that when you maybe became a christian or you see a new christian it seems somehow that the enemy comes and has a go he really has a go He really tries to tempt that new Christian out of of that decision they have made. Or God challenges us some day or another and he speaks to us and we make a new commitment to him. Uh, and, And all of a sudden it seems that enemy puts a lot of blocks and obstacles and problems in our way. He's, he's a good old tempter, isn't he? He knows these tricks and he, he, he tries them hard and puts all these obstacles in, in our way. And we go, we, we, would, we go through the mill. And I remember when we were going through the mill or quite a few years ago now, a very good friend of ours used to come from a completely different church, actually. He used to come uh, and, and pray with us on a regular basis. And um, we were having a very tough time he always used to say this to me, or to Sue and I. He said, um, there's no crisis in heaven. And he'd come in week after week and he'd pray with us. And he said, there's no crisis in heaven. And I was told him one day, I said, <laughs> there may not be a crisis in heaven, but there's only one down here. <laughs> so I'm feeling it. <laughs> but um, that's very true. There is no crisis in heaven. And no matter what Satan tries to throw at us, There is no crisis in heaven. When you think of Job, you know what he went through. But Satan allowed, God, sorry, allowed Satan to do that to him. So there was still no crisis in heaven. With God, there are no hopeless cases and there's no situations too far gone that he can't deliver. God has everything under control. So as we read here, the Philistines come up against David and actually they came up against David in two separate occasions. This first occasion and then this next occasion. So I'll read the next occasion. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord and he said, You shall not go up. Circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you should advance quickly, for then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so, as the Lord commanded him, and he drove back the Philistines from Geba to Giza. So the devil might think sometimes that he has it all figured out. He might think that we're an easy target. But what he seems to forget is that God's got a great big box of tricks. God loves to break out of boxes that even we try to put him into. We notice that a a different strategy is is used, completely different strategy is used here. (coughs) Sorry. We must not assume that what is God's will for us today in the situation we have just been in or just had is going to be the same as God's will be for us in the next situation that crops up. We might have a a similar situation cropping up but he might have a different strategy for us to deal with that new situation. The last time we moved job or we moved house or we changed our situation one way or another in our life. We asked God God's guidance and then we did it. And, and we were blessed in doing it. And, and we may have been right up to now successful in that decision that we made. We have always sought God for what we did and God has blessed and God has guided and God has led. But as... Um, Spurgeon said, a couple of hundred years ago now, he said, let us not think that the stream of life necessarily ro- runs in a continuous current. Let's remember, we may tomorrow, without seeking God's advice, make a decision and embark on a step which we could regret. We have been wise up to now. We have, been, we have trusted in the Lord with all our hearts and we have lent not on our own understanding as it says in Proverbs 3.5 we have said like David let's inquire of the Lord but we must do that every time even though we could be taking a decision for granted. Let's learn from David to take no steps without God because the next verse in Proverbs says in all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. David always did one thing right. No matter how many times he won the battle against his enemies, he never forgot to, to seek God before that uh, that that um, a battle. And we should too. David undoubtedly had advisors and, and counselors. People do, kings especially, and. Um, I'm quite sure that David had consulted with the Lord, and, and the Lord said, David, don't go up, but rather retreat or circle around behind them, as it says in, in the NIV, or fetch a compass around behind them, as it says in the old King James Version. Go down behind the mulberry trees. Some of you might have in your Bibles poplar trees or balsam trees. Um, I'm sticking to mulberry trees for my my illustration. (laughs) David's counselors could have said, King, this is foolishness. This is daft. This is silly. We have them right at our fingertips. We did last time. And, And here they are again. Why don't we capitalize on our advantage? We can wipe them out. Why be so silly as to go down and hide behind the mulberry trees? circling around and hiding behind the mulberry trees would have looked to the layperson or all these fighters, these, these men of war. It could have looked like defeat. But they listen to the king's command and David and his army go down and hide themselves behind the mulberry trees. And, and, and the guys say to him, right, what na- what's now? What, what are we going to do now? Let's go and attack the enemy. And David says, no, 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 no. We'll just wait here until we hear the wind. Now, how daft does that seem? I mean, (laughs) if you were following a leader, how daft does that seem? Have you ever noticed how people seem to know far more about God's will for our lives than they do for their own? I, I think that if they spent as much time seeking God for somebody else's life, they'd be better seeking God for their own life. (laughs) We must listen to the voice of God and not to men. That is not always an easy thing to do and that's what uh, Tim was alluding to um, or saying actually uh, earlier. We we need to hear from God for the church but also for individual lives. I feel the Spirit is saying to us as individuals then as well as the church that we need a sensitive ear. If we stand by the mulberry trees, we're going to need a very sensitive ear. So sensitive that we can hear what people without spiritual ears cannot hear. The enemy heard absolutely nothing. But David did because his ear was tuned in to the wind of the Holy Spirit. If the man in the valley had heard the sound, which was the sound of the army of God, they would have turned and run. I found an interesting verse in Leviticus. It says, As for those of you who are left, I will make their hearts so fearful in the lands of their enemies that the sound of a wind-blown leaf will put them to flight. They will run as though fleeing from the sword and they will fall even though no one is pursuing them. And that prophetic word from Leviticus happened in this situation. So this time David was to simply wait for... The old version, the old Amplified version, um, authorised version says, a going in the mulberry trees. What was this going? This going in the mulberry trees was the wind rustling the leaves of the trees. It means that when when, God heard the, when, sorry, when David heard the wind moving through the, the mulberry trees, it was time to get stirred up and it was time then to go and fight that battle. Now what does that say to you and me? That going in the mulberry trees can mean nothing other than the moving of the wind of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our life of our church. We will not win any battles without that going in the mulberry trees, that wind in the mulberry trees. We can't build a church without that going in the mulberry trees. We can't see souls won to the kingdom of God without that going in the mulberry trees. Or people healed uh, uh, of their sicknesses and diseases without that going in the mulberry trees. ministries in the church grow and accomplish anything without that wind or that going in the mulberry trees. The battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. Let's let's let him fight them for us and live in his victory. We need the moving and the wind of the Holy Spirit in our lives as individuals and in our church. We need to see and feel the moving of the Holy Spirit in our hearts And in our church before we step out and defeat the devil. We have to realise that what Zechariah said in in his his chapter 4 there he said, not by might nor by, by power, but it's by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. We need that going in the mulberry trees to see this church go into a deeper place with God. Why, if we had the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing through here, people would come to see what was happening. Pastor John, three or four years ago, maybe a bit more, lent me, lent me a book once and it was about God moving in the Holy Spirit and, and they gave an illustration of this particular church in America and the, the people gathered and and the minister got up to preach and people were just being knocked out by the power of the Holy Spirit everywhere. He did it as well. And, 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 and they couldn't get up. The power of God was moving so powerfully upon them. And time went by and people were coming into the, the, the car park to find out why their relations hadn't gone home for lunch. And, and as they were coming in and walking in the doors, they too were getting knocked out by the power of God. And even people were coming in and parking and, and the same thing was happening out in their ch- And that church never changed from then on. Souls were saved. God moved in a powerful way. And that's why I say if, if, if we had the wind of the Holy Spirit moving through here as a church people would be coming in to see what is happening here. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm. We need the going in the mulberry trees before we can follow into the place where God wants us to go. God told King David, go sit down under the mulberry trees until you hear the wind. I've got a question here. Where are the people that want to hear from God? Are we satisfied to just go through the motions of our Christianity or do we want something real? We may know all about the latest sporting events Um, the latest films. We may know all about what's on TV. We may know what's current in music uh, uh, and so on. But have we got the moving of the Holy Spirit in our lives? The going in the mulberry trees. God wants us to send the wind Sadly to say in in our Christian lives not particularly our church but other churches all the way around and Christian lives in general um, people aren't listening. He told King David to listen for the wind in the mulberry trees. There's a danger if we don't that we can quench the Holy Spirit as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5. So what could be a mulberry tree moment for you and for me? A mulberry tree moment for us may be when we're at work and God tells us to come alongside one of our work colleagues uh, and and listen to them and, and maybe pray with them and pray for them. Somebody maybe that's going through a tough time. Another mulberry tree moment could be when we see someone who is ill and although they're not a Christian we offer to pray for them and, and they accept that. Another mulberry tree moment could could be when the enemy is encamped against us, in front of us and we know he's squaring up for a battle. We will need to know when to move forward and how to take the enemy by surprise. We don't want to be condemned as disciples as Jesus just condemned his disciples when he said to them that they had ears but they weren't listening. But we must listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in this example, when David heard the wind moving in the tops of the trees, he knew that victory was in sight. Similarly, when we feel the move of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we will know that we have victory in Jesus' name. Romans 8:17 says that in these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. A great verse to grab hold of if you're having a tough time today. 1 Corinthians 15:17 is another one. It says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When the wind came, the Lord came. When the Lord came, victory came. I notice in verse 23, it says there, particularly, uh, I've got the New King James Version up there, I think it says, you shall not go up. Or in the NIV it says, do not go up. But in verse 24 it says, the Lord will go out before you. And The Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the enemy. In other words, God is saying in these two verses, David, don't go up until I've gone out. After I've gone out before you, then you can go up against the enemy, for the battle is not yours but mine. People really, on the first one we looked at, where he had a straight fight, with, with the Philistines and defeated them people could have attributed his victory to David I know David attributed it to God but all the glory goes to the Lord for the second defeat right, uh, a haughty, that, that's a mulberry tree by the way <laughs> well that's one there's all different varieties all different sorts all different types but, uh, that's typical of, of a mulberry tree Mulberry trees bear fruit. You, you have some in your garden, don't you, Richard? Yeah. Um, you can have white fruit, you can have black fruit or you can have red fruit. The only food that a silkworm can live on is the mulberry tree leaf. That's a leaf. The tree leaves are used right around the world for medicinal purposes and for its healing qualities for many, many different types of ailments. Uh, the, the, the mulberry tree is, is a fascinating tree because the bark and the leaves can be used for ma- making paper as well. When the wind comes and starts to mo- move the leaves in the tops of the trees God uses this as a sign that David and his army can then go and defeat the enemy because he is going in front of them. In other words, he's going to do something significant. The same thing happens in Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Suddenly there came a sound like the blowing of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled, <coughs> sorry, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. After that, something significant happened. It says after that, three thousand souls got saved. I just want to draw our attention to three of the things that happen in the life of mulberry trees. Firstly, as we looked at before, they bear fruit. Souls are saved when the wind blows. I'd like us to just read that one. I was reading this the other week and it just came to my mind last night. So, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every fruit that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you, says Jesus. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. We as Christians then are expected to bear fruit. Christ is the tree. We are expected to be the fruit-bearing branches. From a vine we look for grapes. And from followers of Jesus, people should be looking for fruit Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. And God says in Hosea 14, Your fruitfulness comes from me. Jesus says in Matthew 13, He who receives seed on the good ground is he who bears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And Jeremiah says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. So we should be fruit bearing trees or bearing fruit for the Lord. Secondly, what do we note? The leaves are used for medicinal purposes, for its healing qualities, for many different types of ailments. So when the wind of the Holy Spirit starts blowing through, God starts healing people. God starts moving in in, in a healing way. In Revelation it says that the leaves are for medicine. No, sorry the, the, sorry. the leaves are for the healing of the nations. In Ezekiel forty-seven, twelve, it says the leaves are for medicine. So when, when the wind of the Holy Spirit blows on us, we can be used for healing the nations. In other words, we can bind up the broken hearted. There, there's numerous, numerous charities, Christian charities working out in in places with leprosy and all sorts of places um, bringing healing into people in those areas as well. Thirdly, we notice that the silkworm perform their work in a miraculous way. So when the wind blows, we see miracles happen. We see salvation, we see healing, we see miracles. When the wind blows... The silk- silkworm is is a fascinating little f- object. <laughs> um, it attaches itself to the leaves of the tree, and it, it makes a cocoon. I should have brought a picture of it. The cocoon is only about it's only about that big, um, but it has something like nine thousand feet of thread that it. it, it it secretes the thread, and, and it makes this thread, um, or 300 meters if you enter meters. And uh, it's um, the, the 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 thread is so fine; it's one 2,500th of an inch in diameter. The thread is so fine. You didn't know you were going to come to be educated today, did you? <laughs> yeah. So it eats eats these these leaves at a a phenomenal rate. It takes about three dozen days in its life cycle to eat. Uh, uh, And it stays there attached to the tree Uh, and then it it, it goes into a pupa stage right in the middle of this massive cocoon that it's created. Uh, And it it stays there. And then eventually it goes through its stage uh, and it pupates. Uh, and it eats its way through the, the cocoon um, and then it becomes a uh, sort of a moth. <coughs> um, where they farm these moths, particularly in China, um, they don't let it eat through the cocoon because then it breaks all the threads. And so, But they, they like to have one continuous long thread of 9,000 feet long. <laughs> Um, so what they, what they do is they, they put the, the, the cocoons into boiling water so it kills the, 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 the worm or the pupae uh, and, and therefore they have then one continuous long silk um, um, shred thread of silk. then, But it still takes 50,000, it says, to make a sari. 50,000 of those cocoons incredible, isn't it? God's, God's creation is, is incredible. This reminds me of Jesus. He was attached to a tree for you and me. But he did rise, rise the third day. He also died so that we could have an unbroken thread of contact with God the Father. I just thought that was an amazing picture of what he has done for us. We as a church are standing at the beginning of a new season as we keep saying, a new era or as Nicole has called it an absolutely brand new chapter in in the course of this church and in the life of this church. And we are looking for something significant to happen. But it will only happen when we start hearing the sound of the leaves moving through the trees of and, and the breath of God in the wind, the sound of a mighty rushing wind. It says in Jeremiah as well that God brings out the wind from his storehouses. The Holy Spirit is often likened to the breath of God, and we see that in John chapter 20, where it says, Jesus breathed on the disciples after he's resurrected, he breathed on the disciples, and he said to them, Receive. The Holy Spirit. And also in John chapter 3, the wind blows. Jesus said, The wind blows where it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone that is born of the Spirit. The Greek word for wind is the same word as the Greek word for spirit. There is power when the wind of the Holy Spirit blows through our situation. When God's wind blows through the church, we see the demonstration and the power of God. Oh Lord, send that from heaven. Send that wind from heaven. Awaken us. What happened when the wind started blowing in the tops of the mulberry trees? Well, a new strategy was formed that ultimately led to the defeat of the enemy. The enemy had camped in the valley of Rephaim, which is the valley of the giants. What enemy giants are camped in our valley today? What issues do we have? What obstacles are in our way? I feel that what the Lord is saying today to both individuals here and to us as a church is three things, four things, three things. Let us seek the Lord to know his strategy just as David did. And let us wait and listen for the Holy Spirit's guidance and let us only move when he tells us to. What obstacle is in our way today? What battle is the Lord causing you to face? Remember, the battle isn't yours. It's his. There is no crisis in heaven. So let us remember the three points. Seek the Lord to know his strategy just as David did. Let us wait and listen for the Holy Spirit's guidance and let us only move where he tells us to. I want to thank Clyde for that word earlier. That really ties in well with, with the music and, and with what I felt God wants to share with us. Shall we just just stand and, and uh, ask Rich and Co to come back and if you could play something. Let's just stand and, and, and wait in the presence of God for a moment. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you've spoken to us this morning. We thank you for your word to our hearts and lives. We just thank you that you have everything in control, that there is no crisis in heaven. But Lord, we pray as a church now, Lord, that you will just pour out your Holy Spirit upon us. We pray as individuals that for our own lives. Lord, we want you to move in our lives. We want to see our friends and our neighbours coming to know you. We want you to, to just just bless and, and guide in our lives. We want to be sensitive to the movement of your Holy Spirit. When we're in our workplace, when we're down a shop, when we're in a social gathering, we still want to be sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit. We want you to guide us. We want you to lead us. We want the wind of your Holy Spirit to penetrate our hearts and lives and our church as well. Because, Lord, we want to go forward with you. We want to see people finding you as their saviour. We want to see the sick being healed. We want to see miracles taking place. People in sticky situations getting delivered out of those situations. We want to see victory in your name. We want to see the enemy defeated. So we ask, Lord, that you will just bless and that you will guide. Lord, that's the prayer of my heart. And I pray that's the prayer of our hearts today as a church that we will see the wind of the Holy Spirit flowing through us as a church and us as individuals. I ask it for your name's sake. Amen. Folks, if you just uh, want any time of prayer um, individually later on, just please come forward and Tim will pray with you and maybe some of the will as well. So just please um, come forward if you feel God's spoken to you this morning. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elim Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.gov.uk.